No, go with it. Go with it. Go with sexy. Oh, you thought that was sexy? You weren't trying to be sexy. there. Welcome back to Domain's (laughs) Dawn. I'm Luke. (laughs) He, him, sometimes, me, me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I'm Janine. My pronouns are she, they, I don't have we a third thing to say. I'll have what Luke's having. That's a reference. You'll, you'll have what boys like. Boys like me. Welcome back to Domance Dawn. I'm Luke, he, him, they, them. Uh, I'm not going to continue making fake orgasms because I already did that on a podcast I was on this week. So wow, yeah, I thought I was here was... first. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. <laughs> <laughs> we are in high spirits tonight, which is good. We are also in high volume tonight, which is also good. I got nice loud waveforms, and, and I'm just and playing high. Is... The edible has kicked in. Wonderful. Uh, we are the show where we look at contemporary episodes of The Simpsons and One Piece and then fan cast Simpsons characters as One Piece characters. And if none of that appeals to you, uh, you, 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 you got what some... you needed with Luke's orgasm. You don't need any more. Save the rest for us freaks. Mm hmm. It's just like the Spider-Man musical, a freak like me needs company. I once spent $60 and four hours trying to find a way to get a meaty version of that song. I did not succeed. Wow. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like we got to make that the title of the episode now, but we can't call the shot too early. Oh, Spider-Man musical confessions? No, a freak like me needs company. We could, but then we might get sued by Bono and or The Edge. And Julie Taymor. And Julie and I got beef. Oh my we god. Got beef. They'll have to acknowledge that they made that song first. And that's embarrassment enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing that I have ever made has seriously injured people, to my knowledge. If you've been seriously hurt by any of Luke Harris podcasts, you may be eligible for some, um, I guess that sucks, and a big shrug. I mean, I would actively feel bad if you got injured listening to something that I did, but, you know, I can feel bad all by myself with memories. But we're going back in time today, Janine. We're going back in time to the year 2005 between June 19th and August 14th. Cool. This is very special. The summer of 2005. 
five. Mm -hmm. All right, now I'm gonna have to look up what was in the what was playing in the theaters then. I mean, that's when "Since You've Been Gone" by Kelly Clarkson came out. Oh, that's a good one. That's such mm -hmm. a classic and still a banger. And uh, "You and Me" by Lifehouse. I remember getting so upset when the song came on um, MTV because I couldn't jam to it. And that's when we could have seen movies like Brokeback Mountain, Red Eye, The Corpse Bride, which messes with a classic Jewish story to turn it into some Tim Burton bullshit. Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Nice. Wedding Crashers. And Lord of War, a movie that you can learn about on my other, uh, on one of my mini defunct podcasts, The Incredible Weight of Nicolas Cage. I watched that one, but I was in a group of people watching Nick Cage movies, and mm -hmm. it was an all-night thing, and it was about 4 a.m. at this point. And I had been through some stuff, mm -hmm. so I don't remember a lot of it, but I do remember particular scenes that were very powerful, and I was like, you know what? I get it now. I get war profiteering. Anyway, Batman Begins was also then, and that led us into this whole weird idea that Batman was cool. Are you saying that Batman isn't cool? I, I'm saying there are things that have been done with Batman that has been cool, but Batman as a core concept is not mm -hmm. actually cool. How? And a, a lot of money has been thrown at you to make you believe that this person who dresses up as a bat and mm -hmm. fights people themed after other various animals or weird shit is just, is cool. Like, it's it's entertaining, it's silly, it's fun, but like, it's not like it's not dangerous or sexy, and they, they spend so much money to try to tell you it's dangerous and sexy, and it's like this, I don't see this as being cool, and, and I was fine with it not being cool. Not not that, it, you know, I was fine with it being completely... It's lampooned for a reason, and it's lampooned so much that any parody of Batman now is its own weird genre. You're specifically talking Nolan Batman? Yeah. Or Okay, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about Batman in general. Cause... No, well, you know, Bat Batman in general is still kind of a weird, silly kind of concept that is it fun is. and entertain. It's not cool though. It can be. It there there there's cool things you can do with it, but it's still a, a guy with pointy ears on the top of his head. And you know what? If that guy jumped down in front of you when it was dark outside, it's like, swear to me, 
you'd be like, what? That edible really kicked in. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I am the Batman expert of the two of us, Janine. And I can give you cool Batman story recommendations. I can give you some good queer adjacent Batman story recommendations. So, I mean, if you want to get down with the bat, if you want to get crazy, let's get nuts. Uh, if you want to get Batman, the album by Prince. Yeah, we can talk about that, but that is not this podcast, Janine. This is oh, our shit, podcast what? to rediscuss Lord of War with Nicolas Cage and problematic actor what's-his-face. Oh, the 40-year-old virgin was also at this time. That created an era of an adult raunchy movies that just used the same font and never stopped. Yeah. And also had an actor who got in a bunch of trouble. Uh, but yeah, now that we have successfully brought you back to the year 2005 with our references to that summer, we can now discuss, oh, there's no Simpsons to discuss, Janine. We don't have to talk about The Simpsons. We didn't have to watch The Simpsons. Oh, right. They redid Bad News Bears. They couldn't make that today. Yeah, because there's a strike. Luke, because there's a strike. But it's the year 2005, Janine. We've gone back in time. And there's still time. I can stop it. Janine, or we can do The Big Short. Have you seen The Big Short? I've seen The Big Short. It's a weird movie. I didn't expect them to try and just be like, oh, hey, we've got Harley Quinn naked in this movie in a bathtub. And you went in expecting that it was going to be like a highbrow thing, and it was not. Like, they're explaining why people lost their house. There is, by all likelihood, people who have lost their houses who are watching the movie and getting explained to it by a naked Margot Robbie, which I don't know if that's their attempt at a consolation prize at that point, but it just feels... Not as respectful in the subject matter. Mm-hmm. It was very hot, though, and I am very gay. And it was very hot, though, and I'm queer. You're something in there. Yeah. You know, I mostly go to one side, but, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, no, I can fuck with that. Except that I'm in a committed relationship and we're pretty monogamous because I don't feel like I could effectively separate like the need to check in with everyone like I do in video games. Like I can't micromanage multiple relationships IRL. I think that would be a bad idea. You can't just show up one day out of the week and be like, hey, today is the day that I'm giving you corn. You can't uh, 
harvest moon it up. You can't Stardew Valley it. You can't Halo Combat Evolved it. Are these things that came out in 2005? No. Well, a Harvest Moon could have come out that year, but... Uh, Halo was like 2001? Oh. Ty, yeah, 2001. But we are going to be covering One Piece episodes this week, and these include... And are you ready, Janine? I... Am? Luffy versus Usopp, the spirit of the clashing men. The city of water is shaking. Iceberg was targeted. Rubber man versus firebrand cyborg. The criminals are straw hat pirates. The bodyguards of water seven. An eternal farewell, Nico Robin. The woman who bears darkness. Catch Robin, the determination of the Straw Hat Pirates. And uh, I left you on a cliffhanger last time, didn't I, Janine? Oh, that was one hell of a cliffhanger, I gotta tell you. As yeah. soon as it was done, I was like, this is really going to be weird because... um. Like, I ended up watching the live-action One Piece. Mm-hmm. And right before... Um, like, right around this time, like, between the... Um, the cliffhanger and watching these new episodes, I had ended up watching the um, One Piece episode where uh, Luffy and Nami meet... Luffy, Nami, and Zoro meets Usopp, and, um, yeah, I immediately had those feelings again. Yeah. Uh, so then, like, watching the episode and then watching so many flashbacks happen, that knocked me on my ass. Oh, I'm at the point where if I watch the theme song for this, like, arc, it's like, oh... Now I'm thinking about Luffy trying to protect Robin when she gets frozen, and then Luffy and Usopp are fighting, and then I get teary. There are many anime theme songs where if I start singing along with them, I will cry. It's great. I love to feel emotions, Janine. Anime! Every Mob Psycho 100 theme song... If you try and get me to do karaoke to it, I would be bad at it because I would start crying. Wow. Uh Am I going to have to just watch more anime with you? I mean, probably. Listen, if we get Patreon money where we can, like, pay for maybe one of the uh, covers that Mike does for us every month, that would be great and then i can be like yes janine we can do more anime the youths want me to watch more anime and i'm like eh, i don't have a good reason but- i'll i'll say this mm-hmm. if they're able to pay the amount it would be for 
two covers, mm-hmm. then I'll watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I mean, there's a lot of JoJo. I've I've debated what the JoJo equivalent of this show would be, and there isn't really a good multi generational show for that. In terms of like American animation. My idea would be that I would punish myself with large blocks of JoJo and just talk about huge chunks as a way to just try to speedrun as much JoJo as I can. Why? Do you not think you would enjoy JoJo? I don't know what to expect. The thing is, is the only... I don't even know the JoJo based on the reference people make to me and I blankly stare at them unable to get it. Like, I don't even ask, is that a JoJo reference? Because I have no reference to know if it's a JoJo or not. Like, it is literally like a blank spot. Uh, Besides some, like, pictures I've seen, like, somewhere, if you ask me anything about it, I'll try to, like, imagine something in my mind and all mm-hmm. there is there is just a black swirling void waiting for I mean, me to drop this, my guard the sixth season is queer women prison adventure hey that sounds like janine's fun time what if i just watch that i mean you could it would be weird it's also set in florida wow i know somebody uh, in florida i could watch it with so, if you want to have Janine watch Stone Ocean uh, with a friend in Florida, and also I'm there, uh, yeah, help us reach like $200 a month on Patreon. And I'll get Stoned Ocean. Ha <laughs> ha! So, uh, Luffy and Usopp are set to fight each other on the beach uh, over the Going Mary. Usopp starts using his normal psychological attacks, but Luffy just runs forward, ignoring them. And that is when Usopp reveals that he has trapped the entire battlefield, ultimately trapping Luffy in this massive explosion. And then when Luffy, like, runs through that barely phased, he smashes Usopp, and Usopp's like, Hey, you hit this impact dial, and the attack just bursts back on Luffy, also hurting Usopp. But Luffy still gets back up and hits Usopp this time with a direct punch, knocking him out. And the entire time we're getting like flashbacks to all of the other scenes that they've had together. And Luffy just declares that Usopp can have the going merry and takes the crew and everything with him. And Sanji has to stop Chopper from helping Usopp. And so Chopper just leaves Usopp with the medicine so he won't die. And it's... Anime. Yeah. I will say, though, it's pretty ace to cover up the smell of the gas with fucking uh, rotten eggs. Mm Mm-hmm. I've always loved uh, playing Usopp in games because usually he'll do some different attacks or he'll just throw random ingredients and occasionally it will be like leading to that, oh, he's throwing a whiskey at you. Oh, he's throwing fire at you or 
oh, he's throwing rotten eggs, and oh, he's throwing explosives. Like, Usopp knows what he's doing, and it is sad that he has left the crew. R.I.P. Usopp. The next morning, the town is abuzz with rumors, and the crew is feeling pretty depressed about everything. Sanji and Chopper head out to look for Robin, and Nami finds out that someone had attacked Iceberg last night. And the rumors about who attacked Iceberg kind of spread, and people are like, well, it could be Corgi, that uh, marine guy, or the Meikazuki pirates who got their asses beaten, or Frankie, or even the Straw Hat pirates. And that is when Frankie returns to town and finds the Frankie house has been destroyed and he knows the Straw Hats did it. Meanwhile, back at the rail station, Granny Kokoro notes that the Aqua Laguna, which is a massive storm, is coming and she returns to Water 7 with Chimney and Gombe. And, like, while all this is happening, there's, like, so many nice small character moments in here. Sanji and Chopper are realizing they don't know much about Robin that can help them to find her, which is, like, rough. Because altogether, it has been less than a year since Luffy formed his crew. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's anime for you. And so while a crowd waits outside the Galila base, Frankie appears looking for Luffy, who, uh, Luffy's like, oh yeah, I, I need to beat that guy up for beating up Usopp, because even though we're no longer crew members, uh, you beat up my friend. And now he wants the money back, but Frankie reveals that he spent it, and he is also a big weirdo. And Luffy wants revenge and challenges him to a fight. And and Frankie doesn't have devil fruit powers. He's a cyborg with just weird old powers. Welcome to Frankie time, Janine. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be so surprised. I knew some shit was going to happen, mm-hmm. but then it did happen. And I was, I knew something was up and it was going right. to be something. I didn't mm-hmm. expect it would be Cyborg, though. There was nothing that could prepare me for that. Yeah. Uh, Oda talked about, like, he got asked if they could use electricity in the TV show. And he was like, uh, I guess uh, you just can't do anything related to how uh, Frankie gets his power. Also, Frankie, does he have big trans guy energy? Uh... To be honest, um, mm-hmm. when I first saw him, I was like, oh, that's kind of Butch Coles. <laughs> because, like, that's kind of what I associate not only the pompadour, but the pompadour mullet. Mm-hmm. Is with, you know, lesbians. But I could definitely see a trans guy energy to it. Mm-hmm. It's just that there is a lot of overlap with trans masculine people and butches over um, funky button ups and Hawaiian shirts. Like, Fair we enough. are literally the market for it. I mean, I also wear funky button up Hawaiian shirts. I have two in the bed with me right now. I mean, I've got 
five of them in the dryer right now. Oh, okay. We're going to have a competition now. Uh-huh. I've got my 90s-ass Taco Bell one. I have one that has a name tag for a computer company that doesn't work, and the name tag isn't for, for me. Not my name at all. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. and... um. My favorite one is actually one that um, I got at an art market where they embroidered dope and had um, daisies in the trans flag colors on it. Delightful. So naturally, it's Janine's favorite. Mm -hmm. And how are you feeling about Frankie? Frankie kind of falls into both, um, from what I could be able to see at this moment, um, butch and trans mask energy. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I just meant like overall. I, overall, uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, I just wonder if this imp what this implication that now I know that cyborgs can exist in this one piece world if I already met somebody who was or if I will meet somebody and like maybe not know it. It's very Fallout 4 here. Fair. Uh so Iceberg gets up and he remembers who attacked him, specifically a tall man in a mask and Nika Robin. A news reporter hears the news and it starts to spread and Galila blames Straw Hat since Nika Robin is part of the crew. Uh, who do you think is in the mask with the Nika Robin? Ooh, my instincts want to say crocodile. Interesting. That's the only person that I know that she had ever associated with before. And I know he's not dead. You know what? That's a valid guess. Meanwhile, the town is preparing to board up for the Aqua Laguna, and Sanji and Chopper realize that they need to warn Usopp, which is just delightful. Kind of like, we need to warn our friend... And also, we can't let him know that we're doing this. And so they just, like, go outside the ship and have this fake conversation where they warn about it. And I think it, it's, it's just... It's really sweet. sweet. I mean, yeah. you, don't, you don't see the... You don't see a lot of moments of kindness between the guys because sometimes they can just be guys and just kind of, like, fucking give each other a hard time or be weird. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you see Sanji and Zoro interact, but not really any of the others. So it's really sweet to have this moment with these characters to kind of, like, still show that they care, even though they're not officially in the same crew anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tilestone War... Uh, 
Kyle Stone comes in to warn the rest of the Galila who've been watching over Iceberg that Luffy and Frankie are fighting in the shipyard and are destroying things, so Galila goes after him. Well, Kalipa stays behind to keep watch. Galila appears and attacks Luffy because they believe that he was connected to the attack on Iceberg. And then Frankie gets angry at them and starts fighting them because they're interrupting his fight with Luffy. And Luffy is trying to figure out what is going on and finally hears that they blame him for the attack on Iceberg. And Iceberg officially puts that call out that the Straw Hats are responsible and that news spreads. And Luffy just still wants to talk. And even though he hears that Nico Robin was behind the attack, he refuses to believe it while the entire town turns against the Straw Hats. And I, the escalation is great. So. I I love it. I love mm-hmm. how ride or die Luffy is immediately, not even knowing the the, the details of somebody mm-hmm. he hasn't been like traveling with for that long, either. Mm-hmm. And like, this is what makes those fillers kind of work. Like in retrospect, it is we don't learn anything about her. Yeah. I mean, just the huge mystery of it is scary, actually. Because she had she had a wanted poster for a while, for a pretty big amount, and we don't know what she did to earn it. Mm-hmm. Like, she is a child in that photo, on that wanted poster. Uh, so Frankie kind of sits back while Luffy fights the shipwrights, but then he wants to fight Luffy again, and so he ends up releasing a massive air cannon that ends up ripping an entire crane in half, and that causes the, like, entire audience to kind of disperse as, like, the shipyards are falling apart, which lets Luffy, Nami, and Frankie escape from Galela, and, uh, Galela decides that they are going to prevent the Straw Hats from leaving town, so they're, like, watching the trains out of town, they're watching the ships. And Luffy uses this opportunity to burst into the Galila headquarters, where Khalifa helps him to reach Iceberg. And he he tells Luffy that he saw Nika Robin and the Masked Man, and he wants to know where Nika Robin is, but Luffy doesn't know, and so Iceberg just shoots into the air to chase him off, and as the mayor and as the like victim, he has to put out the call to arrest all of the straw hats. And Nami meanwhile senses storms are coming, Joni. Frankie meanwhile goes to drink in Bluno's bar, where he ends up spending the rest of the money that he stole by making it rain. Cause he's a fun party dude. I think it was really sweet of him to do that. Mm-hmm. I kind of get it. Sometimes I'm like, I'll just have money and feel like I shouldn't have money. I should be buying mm-hmm. things. Blow up the club. Yeah. Like, what better use for money? I mean, honestly, yeah. I think he bought that little it's... girl a refill of her juice. Mm-hmm. Good shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, in that bar, he finds Granny Kokoro, who he knows, and he also refuels with Cola, which is his power source. 
Which is so cool. Like, I feel like I can knock back a few Baja blasts and I'm back in order. Mm-hmm. After and I blast. Kokoro, and Granny Kokoro doesn't believe that the Straw Hats attacked Iceberg and she suspects CP9, a secret government organization, and that was the word that we heard whispered to Robin by a masked figure earlier before she left. Bum, bum, bum. Secret uh, society, secret. And uh, meanwhile, we see Robin getting updated on her assignment where she is supposed to look for something from one of Tom's apprentices as part of a mission of justice. Zoro uh, gets chased through the streets, and the mob that's chasing him loses him, so half of them decide to stake out the hotel, and the other half decides to go and look after the going Mary, and Usopp hides when they come after him, so the ship is safe. Chopper is meanwhile getting worried about Robin, and he's, he's a sweet boy, and he thinks that he did something that caused her to leave, and it's like, no, my poor sweet child, my sweet son. Please do not blame yourself. And uh, he ends up smelling Robin, and when he and Sanji find her, she tells him that she's leaving. She apologizes that they got caught up with her and warns that her darkness is going to catch up, so she has to leave, and when they try and chase after her, she vanishes. And so everyone else except for Sanji regroups. Usopp gets supplies to try and fix the going merry before all the shops shut down, and the owner kind of takes pity on him and even gives him some food. That way he doesn't collapse and die. And Frankie, meanwhile, gets frustrated looking for the Straw Hats. Because he's not finding them, because they're already on the run. Chopper shares what happened to Luffy, Zoro, and Nami. And Zoro thinks that Robin is going to try and trap them all when she returns to kill Iceberg that night. Nami is suspicious of the masked man who... Robin has been seen with and thinks that he might be coercing her. And so Luffy decides that their best course of activity is going to be capturing Robin. And Frankie, meanwhile, meets back up with the Frankie family. Zombie reports that Usopp is back working on the Going Mary. And so Frankie plans to kidnap him and spread the word to draw the Straw Hats. And meanwhile, everyone in Water 7 is locking up. And the shipwrights plan to protect Iceberg from the Straw Hat Assassins that they expect to come that night. Janine. Yeah. Shit's about to get wild. Ho ho ho. But uh, now we have five characters to match. Are you ready, Janine? I am. All right. Up first, we got Frankie. We had to hold on to him because you had to see what a big old lovely weirdo he is. Yes. I have six suggestions. Uh, my Rodrigo style is Robo Wiggum because he cooks that like chicken inside of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other suggestions that I had in no particular order were the AT-AT from the Star Wars parody, 
uh, Cyborganizer, because he is also a cyborg, but he also looks like Robocop. There is Jeremy, one of the executives who also sort of turns into the Terminator uh, T2000 or T2000, the one from Terminator 2 that like Liquid reassembles. Robotic Richard Simmons. And then the powerful one that I want to push for is Bender Bending Rodriguez. Because who else loves to party as much as Bender? And also is involved with crime, just like Bender. And is also got metal parts in him, just like Bender. And loves to drink, just like Bender. And stores beer in his chest, just like Bender. There's a lot of Bender stuff, but I want to see if we've used Bender yet. We have not. Wow. He has come up. I'm double... Oh, I opened up the wrong window. Now I'm double checking that just because you made me wonder. Nope, we have not used Bender. Bending Rodriguez. Janine, who you got? Well, I actually went the other direction. Instead of looking for the robotics, I looked for people with killer hair. Mm-hmm. And God, speaking of hair. killer, speaking of killer hair, my first suggestion is Snake Hair Homer from the Killer Toupee uh, skit of Treehouse um, of Horror. Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Hell Toupee. Uh, Hell to Pay is what it's parodying. The ep- the se- segment is called Killer to Pay. Wild. 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 The second right. one about the, the second suggestion I have is Snake Detention Bird. The younger Snake Jailbird. Did we actually have him show up? Uh, season 13, yeah. Fair. I don't remember that one. And my final one. Coolest person to wear the pompadour in the business. You know him. You love him. Played by the beloved Henry Winkler, it's Arthur Fonzarelli. The Fonz. All right. Well, I think we can make a decision out of just these choices. Oh, we're getting a call from our good old Din Din Mushi, where with a staunch amount of determinism and a called shot from as soon as I told him, actually before I told Mike about this podcast, uh, he has pushed for Armin Tanzarian. Up yours, children. Uh, King Atticus suggested Disco Stew or Tiago, uh, Tiago being one of the Brazilian dance teachers, and our uh, previous guest, Asimov Fangirl, suggested Vending Machine Arms Homer, which doesn't necessarily <laughs> fit for this one as much, but uh, yeah. Like a beautiful concept. Oh my god. Like, I... So much. (laughs) Yes. 
Because there were two things he wanted to get in two separate vending machines. <laughs> and then he just didn't let go. <laughs> this show's over. Give her the five thousand dollars. Uh, like I don't think we can necessarily go with that one, but like an honorable mention. Very honorable, highest honors. So, I really like Bender. Oh, I know you I, really like Bender. Mm-hmm. I know I, also, I like Bender. Mm-hmm. I also know that Armin means a lot to Mike. And Mike does do wonderful cover art. That is true. So I think we maybe let this one stew as we touch on some of the other ones. And then kind of figure out what vibe we want to go with. Yes. Uh, up next we have Kaku Kaku, who has a weird square face and spreads rumors and yeah that's that's kind of it who do you have for kaku kaku i have gordon from treehouse of horror 2 he was looked to to do something but lisa wished for world peace and he's just a baker now so I just looked for the first background character that I could after just kind of like, woo, scrolling through the G's really fast. Okay. Uh, I have three suggestions. My Rodrigo style is, why not use Jason Bateman here? Ooh. Uh, my other suggestions were the guy with the cash register head or the Jack Nicholson card from that DreamWorks cards movie. Oh my god. <laughs> the edit was is uh is hitting you hard, isn't it? It is. It is. I'm remembering the Jack Nicholson card and it is It's so weird because it feels like it still can happen. Like, what if this is the thing that, like, another thing that ends up being prophetic from The Simpsons? Mm -hmm. Like, Hasbro's making so much, you're like, we'll just throw out all of these toys. How about a deck of cards real quick? I feel like they might have issues with that, since, like, the cards can't be copyrighted, but yeah. Um... They can if you have celebrities' likeness. Yeah, but like the concept can't be. Uh, I I kind of like Gordon. I think he has a good face. I really tried to line up different faces for these, so you'll have a kick out of the next one. Uh, you good to go with Gordon then? Yes. All right. 
Uh, up next, we have QQ, who is the doctor who checks on Iceberg. My Rodrigo style was Paul Simon. <laughs> and my uh, other suggestion was St. Eleutherius of Nicodemia, who talks to Reverend Lovejoy when he has a crisis of faith. Who do you have for QQ? I have the podiatrist who gives Bart his nerd shoes in that B-plot he was in in The Last Temptation of Homer. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go Paul Simon. Yeah, as much as I tried to get the face on this one right, it's just much more funny if it's Paul Simon. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we then have Bluno, the bartender who weirdly has five stars of importance. Who do you have for Bluno? I have Joe, the Shelbyville Mo. Mm -hmm. And I also have Saloon Bartender from Homer Simpson in Kidney Trouble. Well, I have three suggestions. Uh, my Rodrigo style is Barry Duffman. I also have... Oh, wait, no, sorry. That wasn't my Rodrigo style. My Rodrigo style was the Knockers bartender with the eye patch. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Uh-huh. Like, he has a good design, a good energy to him. Uh, I also had Barry Duffman, who is the current, I believe, surviving Duffman. And then I had Michael Finn, who is in the bartender's competition with Mo and Titania. And he is the most stereotypical Irish bartender possible. He is also a big, beefy boy. Janine, a big, beefy boy. A big, beefy boy. You know who is a big, beefy boy? Who's a big, beefy boy? Huh? Who? This well-mannered snake? You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but wait, what's that I hear, Colin? Uh, we have suggestions. That one welder guy suggests old-timey Mo. King Atticus suggests Sideshow Mel. And Asimov Fangirl suggests Joe Frazier. Oh, Joe Frazier. I really like the Knockers bartender. I think he has a cool vibe to him, which Bluno kind of has an interesting vibe to him as well. Mm, yeah, I fool. I could give it to that guy. All right. Like when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, the guy with the eye patch. That's just a... mm -hmm. He was too interesting just to have as a one-off thing. Exactly. There could, there could have been more about him. You never know why he has the eye patch. He just has it. Just accepted it already. Mm-hmm. 
It's like how you just accept that Bluno has like those horns for of yeah. hair. Yeah. That's that's just how he likes it done, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh and then last we have Hapa Yamel, who's the guy who hooks Usopp up with repair equipment. Also has a pretty cool print shirt. Yeah. Also, I forgot to call it out last episode, but we are getting Namigo's full Avril Lavigne with button-down shirt and tie, or polo shirt and tie. I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, for uh, Hapa Yamao, I had the Springfield Hardware Store employee, or my Rodrigo style was Z-Dog. I didn't have a good one for this one, honestly. I had Doug Vakaru, or however his last name was pronounced. You, you might know him from uh, being on Tolan Around. He was uh, also showing you how to assemble a barbecue pit. That ended up kind of being like a huge piece of junk that um, artsy folk mistook for fine art. And it's just a weird... Way that oh, they Doug Vaccaro. That. Yeah, that guy. You know what? That is a that is a great call, right? Like, I really mm -hmm. tried to like work with the face, like specifically with like some of these, and um, you got it. Yeah, like you got enough of a connection to. Uh, Construction. Yeah, no, that's a great one. Hell yeah. Which brings us back to Frankie Super! <sighs> it's a tough one. We have a tie right now for suggestions. Which means that we can keep that tie if we go with Mike's suggestion of Armin. Because <sighs> that version of Skinner does have a pompadour. But I'm not sure I feel it. I don't know if I feel it, but the thing is, is that... Because... Because Mike, is so because Mike is so passionate mm -hmm. about this that it was like already a called shot from across the room, mm -hmm. I feel much more closely invested in it because I feel Mike is also a you know a big part of this podcast too, mm -hmm. and I think if there's anything that I would want to like put on like as a, I mean I give I've given you ones that like you were passionate that this is the thing and mm -hmm. I feel like I gotta give that to him on this one too yeah no I, I, I think so this is something that is part of Mike's dream Mike's dream is to 
draw all these covers, but specifically with Armand Hamzerian as Frankie. Then we should give him a screenshot that's full on just Frankie for this one, then. Why, you don't think Frankie's going to be staying around for a while? Uh, Frankie's I mean, got five he's... stars. No, he had two stars. No. Oh, I might have not updated that image. Oh, yeah, shoot. Yeah, uh, that was just a copying error. Yeah, no, Frankie should have five stars. Should Bluto have five stars? Yes. Huh, okay. I mean, I was naming them according to their star ratings, so I'm just kind of like... What's Bluno got going on? I mean, I feel like I would have, like, if I knew that Frankie was going to be, like, gonna be around, I would have, like, used, like, more contemporary, cooler snakes. Specifically different versions of snake. I mean, you had some solid picks there. But yes, I understand. Yes, that is a Luke made a foxy doodle. Well, now I'm a little bit more invested in Frankie because I feel he's going to be around a little bit more longer. I was under the impression that he was just going to be like uh, one of the villains and probably not a very serious one that would just kind of like occur in the background later. Oh, like Foxy? Yeah, something like that. No, and even Foxy had like more more of a rating. Like a Helm Epo. Like, I was full on expecting him to go in a Helmepo territory. Oh, we're going to be seeing Frankie for a long time, Janine. I'm glad, though, because as a person who loves Hawaiian shirts more than you, I think that <laughs> it would be good to be able to, like, cosplay Frankie, maybe. I think I can butch mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... We have... We have Water 7 in front of us, Janine. I don't think you're prepared for all the shit that's going to go down. I, but if I'm, people... I'm happy about that, actually. Like... I was never in a million years... She gave me the time to sit down and write down every single thing that Frankie could have been. Cyborg would have never been on the list. Mm -hmm. I would have thrown down shit like ballerina, gunslinger. I mean, we had a ballerina and a gunslinger. Yeah, the ballerina was one of my favorites. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Janine, you know what we have next episode? I Not at all. Episode 40 of our podcast. Which is wild to say. It is, damn. And, uh, yeah. Uh... Shit is going to get wild uh, 
Yeah, uh, she's going to get loud, Janine. Nothing oh, you can say get... more than that? I mean, we also get Gravedigger Billy. Um, The Simpsons. I'll understand what that is when I get to it. Oh, and Dr. Marvin Monroe comes back from the dead. Oh. In a non-Halloween of Horror episode. Oh. Or Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. Uh, Janine, where can people find you online? Well, you can find me right now at Twitter. You know what I mean. <laughs> at Janine Juliet. Um, for some um, Blue time. Sky. You could all, yeah, you could also find me on Blue Sky at Jan, uh, and Janine Juliet dot Bisky dot whatever. Mm-hmm. And I haven't checked out anything else. I heard there's a thing called Vero now. I'm not touching it. You tell me what it's like if you're on it, but don't go on it to tell me what it's like. Like, don't do that to yourself. I mean, you also have your Tumblr. Oh shit, yeah, Fuchsia City Girl. Go over there and see some weird shit that I post. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. You can find me on Blue Sky at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or most places I am online there. I've also got weird stuff cooking in other locations. Um the Exiled Annual is going to be coming up. If you haven't listened to the what is initially just Marvel superheroes actual play alternate universe thing that I did before everyone was kind of doing alternate universe stuff. Uh, it is fun. It is queer. It is also me learning how to GM and uh, making friends. Like that show is how I started my friendship with the person who was my best man at my wedding. Adorable. So, uh huh. Jen is a wonderful person who does not listen to the show, and I doubt ever would. Uh, And then, uh, shout out to Mike Patton, the man whose dream guilted us into taking a Frankie there. (laughs) You can find him most places at Patton Pending, or Patton underscore Pending, that's P-A-T-T-E-N-P-E-N-D-I-N-G. This show now has a blue sky. This show no longer has a Twitter. This show needs to update the website so I get rid of the Twitter link because we now just use Blue Sky or Tumblr or I have a Facebook and I just hate managing Facebook. It's not like, intuitive at all. No, if you wanted to like manage the Facebook page, I mean, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. But I can't make anyone do that. So uh, you can find us at Domance Dawn most places or... However, you are listening to this now. Uh, next episode, we have three Simpsons episodes, six episodes of One Piece, and no new characters. Holy shit. Yeah. It's going to be full of surprises. Uh, We will see you then in two more weeks, give or take. Oh, uh, we were also talking about finally getting around to doing the uh, movies, especially ones that we have already passed. And so if that would interest you, uh, Patreon has apparently announced a store option 
so we could just theoretically put those episodes up on the Patreon that is under my name since I'm producing the show and paying for everything involved with it uh, at Luke Hare on the Patreon if you wanted to support the show and wanted to support uh, the covers that we pay Mike for, uh, that is an option. Um, yeah, so keep an eye out for those because we're going to look at doing those once I've had a chance to go on vacation. Jenny and I am excited to go on vacation. I'm excited for you to go on vacation too. I'm going to Pittsburgh. I wasn't expecting you to say that, but it's a choice you could make. That's why I went to college. Wow, that concept Pierogies. seems to me, too. Pierogies. Permanti Brothers Sandwich. The Pittsburgh Steelers. What are they stealing? No, they make steel. Oh. There's actually a bridge called the Red Hot Bridge, because when it they actively produce steel... It said that when they took the uh, steel girders right off of the tr- uh, right off the assembly line and put them out of the trains, they would be red hot. And by all, and then when they got all the way to New York City, where they were being used on the Empire State Building, they were still warm to touch. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, it's a hell of a town. Why did we give up rail system? I mean, some people so enjoy a good railing. Oh! We'll be back in two more weeks. See you then. Smooth sailing. (laughs) 